Hey, hurdlers, Emily Abadi here, coming to you with another installment of Five Minute Friday. Can I tell you, <laughs> right off the bat here, yesterday was a dynamite day in New York City, like 10 out of 10 total gem. I, you know, the night before, I went to bed thinking to myself that I was going to go to the gym and take a spin class on like via my iPad on one of the spin bikes. And I woke up and the sun was already coming up and it was like the Goldilocks 52 degree temperature outside. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take my bike out for a little ride. And so 80 minutes of just me and the sun and the birds. And oh my goodness, if you live in New York right now, the trees are blooming, just absolute perfection. Anyway, yesterday was also really special because it was the first time since last March that I recorded in person with someone coming down the pipe for the pod. I'm going to keep them, their identity, under wraps for a little bit longer, but this person will be the first guest that I have had come on the show for a longer episode twice. So I'm really excited about that. The conversation was really impactful and really special. And so for this episode of 5-Minute Friday, which if you're new to the show, I typically share a story, offer up a thought prompt to take you into the weekend or whenever you're listening to this to reflect on, and then give you some of my highlights of the week, my content picks, so to speak. So this conversation that I was having yesterday during the recording, we were chatting about the last year and getting comfortable being alone. And the woman that I was chatting with, who is also a good friend of mine, she said something that got me a little bit emotional. She said, you know, out of almost anyone I know, you are the best at being alone. And I was sitting there and she said that and it registered with me and I felt like the tears kind of behind my eyeballs and I tried to like kind of get it together, right? And I I did, but we kind of went back and forth on that a little bit more. And once she was done with her thought, I I thanked her for the compliment. And then I, I kind of told her my truth, which is that, well, it's a few things. First of all, getting good, and I'll, I'm using air quotes here, even though you can't see them, getting good at spending time alone wasn't something that happened for me overnight, right? It was a process that took a long time time. In fact, years ago, I used to be frightened of having to do things by myself. I felt like whenever I was doing something alone that I was messing up as though I couldn't find someone to do it with me. And the fact that I'm quote unquote good at it as the whole I might cry right now situation thing indicates, it triggers a lot of emotions, right? Because on one on one hand, I am grateful that I know how to enjoy spending time by myself. Uh, I think it's important that whether you are single like me or in a relationship or marriage or a partnership or what have you, that it is important that you feel comfortable sitting with yourself in stillness alone, doing things alone. I mean, shopping alone, eating alone, hanging out in the park alone, <laughs> like you, you get the idea. I am of the mindset that it's important that we take the time to listen to what's really happening within us and trust that in the discomfort, because we all know that this can be an uncomfortable thing to get used to, 
in this scenario, you know, we learn so much about ourselves. And I think that is of the utmost importance. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> despite me like being super thankful that I'm I'm cool hanging out by myself, it makes me it's a little sad for me because I it's not like it's always by choice. Like I, as I mentioned, single almost 33 years old. I've had a handful of friends leave New York over the past 14 months. And I am, without a doubt, at a point where I want to find the right person to build a life with. I I say this with the caveat that I am 100% not rushing into the wrong thing. And I feel really confident in spending this time by myself because I do not want the wrong thing. But It's still like the idea of like, you are so good at spending time alone. Like, I don't know if necessarily that was something that I would hope to be bragging about, so to speak, in my in my 30s. So to wrap up this story, I offered my friend a piece of advice that I want to share with you, which is to get good air quotes (laughs) at spending time alone. The best thing that I did was I started to date myself. I started to make plans with myself. Now, these plans, they don't have to be expensive, right? Like you don't need to go spend $100 on a dinner or travel to some faraway place. It's just got to be like dedicated time. It's I'm going to plan to go on a run tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to read a book in the park on a sunny day. I'm going to ride my bike around town and then listen to a podcast. Like whatever it is that you plan to do with yourself, go get them. Enjoy that time. You can identify the things in your life that bring you joy that you can do solo. And sometimes that's the unlock, right? understanding and recognizing that things can bring you joy and you don't necessarily always need to be doing those things with someone else or sharing it on social media or bringing other people into the fold. You can have that joy, just you. My prompt for you this week, how can you take some time alone for yourself this week and enjoy it? Again, how can you take some time alone for yourself this week and enjoy it? Highlights of the week, links to all of this goodness are in the show notes. Read Five Women of Color Changing the Face of Therapy from Today. May upcoming is Mental Health Month. Trust me, more content on that front coming soon. I loved this roundup from today, which shines a great, great spotlight on some of the ladies' paving the way for important conversations when it comes to us talking about our mental health. Watch WeWork or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if I found this like obscenely fascinating because I've been a long time WeWork member, but this documentary talking about like the rise and fall of this huge brand blew my mind. And I found it especially interesting because they talk a lot about the culture that the company was like trying to create and that like you wanted to be a WeWork member because if you were a WeWork member, like you are an entrepreneur. And I totally drank that (laughs) Kool-Aid. It is fascinating. You have to check it out. Read How to Reboot Your Brain After a Year of Stress on Well and Good. I loved, loved, loved this article from Erin Bunch. She interviewed a neurologist and a scientist about their top recommendations for how to make our brains perform better than they did before the pandemic. 
I don't have to tell you twice, this year has been a lot. And the tips are both super easy to execute, but also can be super impactful. Definitely, definitely actionable. Listen, trained Joelle DeFontaine, getting in step with yourself. I love the trained podcast. My friend, Ryan Flaherty, he's the senior director of performance at Nike. He typically hosts it. He's also been on the show. I highly encourage you to check out his episode. I'll link to it in the show notes. But on this specific episode, my old friend Jacqueline Byer is stepping in for Ryan as he is on paternity leave to host this episode. And I loved their conversation. I love hearing Jack behind the mic. And in it, she's talking with Nike trainer and choreographer Joelle DeFontaine. They tackle a lot of great topics in here. Joelle talks about how he fell in love with dancing. That's his shtick while doing a gig at a gay nightclub, which ultimately led to him quitting his desk job and doing it full time. I also really enjoyed his perspective on what we can do to diversify fitness. So I'm gonna hype this episode up. Definitely give it a listen. Now for this week's listener question from Alyssa. Hi, Emily. This is Alyssa from Colorado. Thanks so much for the awesome podcast and all of the fantastic content that you put out. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to it every single week. My question is about starting to freelance and pitching to publications. Um, how do you go about doing that? If you have a pitch in mind or an interview subject in mind, do you go to the magazine or the publication first and ask them or pitch it to them first? Or do you do the interview first and write the article and pitch the whole article? What is the process of getting started freelancing with a publication that you've never worked with before? Thank you so much in advance for answering this question and have a great day. Great question. I do feel like this is a great opportunity to plug the hurdle session that I have on the hurdle website intro to freelance writing. I'll link to it in the show notes. But Basically, when it comes to freelance pitching, the art of the pitch is a special art. I would recommend rather than writing an entire article and doing a ton of research before communicating with a publication, you pitch them your idea, whether or not you've worked with them before, right? So this means that maybe you find an editor's information online. It's not that hard to find someone's email address these days, and I would highly recommend that you land this in their email inbox instead of reaching out to them over on social media. Send an editor an email and in that pitch email, introduce yourself and then include one to two pitches. These pitches should include a headline option or two, as well as the gist of what you want to write about in your article. Now, a bad pitch would be, I want to write an article about foam rollers. That's the whole pitch. That's a bad pitch. A good pitch would be so-and-so athlete the other day mentioned that they lean into foam rollers to help them with muscle soreness to jump on what they said. I want to write an article about what happens when you use foam rollers and how they can indeed help with this. And for this item, I want to talk to X and Y. So be very specific about your angle, who you want to talk to, 
what service your article will provide. And if it's not service-driven, then what's the purpose of this article? What makes this pitch different? And also of note, why is this pitch relevant to the outlet that you are interested in writing for? So while I may write content regularly everywhere from Women's Health Magazine to Livestrong.com to WellandGood.com and so on and so forth, those brands may run articles on similar subjects, but each of them, they have a different tone. They cover topics in different ways, and that is what is important to keep in mind when you are pitching new ideas. Of course, I have a ton more thoughts on this. I am a career journalist. I've been freelancing for over four years now, so if you want more insight, again, I definitely recommend that you check out that hurdle session or feel free to shoot me an email. That is it for this week. If you have yet to do so and you want in on book club, we are coming together on Zoom to chat about the art of gathering on April 21st. And I would love to see you there. The link to register just like everything else, is in the show notes. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over at Hurdle Podcast on Instagram. I am over at Emily Abadi. Another Hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>